Learn to make money online the right way. You're listening to the Create Profits Online Podcast with the dude that puts more glide in your stride, more pep in your step. And if you don't dig this mess, you got the wrong damn address. From the back of the shack, getting down to the nitty gritty in the big city, here's your host, Todd Snively. And he's looking damn pretty. Let's go. Yes, 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 indeed. Let's go. I got a super, super special guest on today. And I know everybody always says they're really excited, but I truly am because this is a dude that can put more glide in your stride. Let me tell you about that. It's our privilege today to be talking to Mr. Luke Guy. And I've known Luke for a hot minute now. And he's one of the few people that actually walk the walk, talk the talk, and he has helped me make significant amount of money in a very short period of time. Luke is somebody that I actually feel is not only a bit of a mentor, but he's also become a bit of a friend. So I'm really, really pleased to have him on the show today. And without further ado, let's get right into it. Mr. Luke Guy, how are you doing today? Todd, thanks for the intro, man. I appreciate the love for sure. I feel the same way. Been doing great. Yeah, it's a real privilege to have you. And why don't we start off the, a lot of preliminary information. I think people might be interested in hearing from you about exactly what it is you're doing online. All right, no problem. So um, we have two facets that we focus on, Todd. One thing we like helping coaches who are looking to create more apps and appointments and things. And the second leg of that, I actually help um, everyday people become what we call virtual closers. We're pretty much just like, you know, you've heard it like high ticket closers, remote closers, or so many terms for it. I, I call it virtual closers. So I have two sides of the business. I help people get into sales because that's been my main focus is sales. And then I help coaches create like a marketing machine. So that's it. That's the main thing that I focus on. And it's all built on what we call social proof stacking. Social proof stacking. I like that buzzword. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me ask you this first. Mm-hmm. What was it? that prompted you to go from whatever it was you're doing, and if you feel comfortable telling us what that was, going from that into creating uh, profits online using this mm-hmm. social stacking method. 100%. I was a bug man, dude. Like I, I, I had a license to kill. That's what I did. I was crawling under houses and running away from old ladies. And the, and, and the uh, cat lady, the cat lady, that was another famous one as well. She had like 15 cats in her house and worked an hour away. And we had some really cool people that I worked with. I worked with one dude. He owned like 25 KFCs. He's like 85. He could tell me things. And then I'd work. And then I could be on the other side of town and being like guns on the table, things like that. I actually walked into a meth bus one time, just spraying the house. I'm spraying the house. And the cops is busting the house while I walk out the door. And that's just the kind of places that I'd go into. So went from bug man and drove an hour back and forth. And then one day had this little girl, this little girl, she was my little girl being born into the world. And it's like something happened when she was born. I was like, I don't think I want to be a bug man no more. Right? <laughs> like, I want to be home with this thing more. I don't know. It's just something about it that happened. And of course, I'm going to be with the wife as well. She counts as well. I ha- we, people always say, I want to be with the kids. But I won't actually be the wife and the kids. But that's kind of what prompted it, prompted it. Because as time went on, I just, my favorite part of the job was selling. That's one thing that I had more joy, but the problem was the more I sold, the less I got to sell because I had to go to the house and, and spread. I don't know if in Detroit or, you know, 
in other parts of the country, like if pest control is a big thing, but in Georgia, we got some really big bugs. So it's a really big thing here in Florida as well. So that's, that's a big thing here. So it's a, you know, a lot of people do it, but I just, I wanted to sell more than I wanted to do that. So that's what prompted me with the little girl and a book as well. I got a book by Russell Brunson and I read his thing that kind of gave me an idea that, okay, that's something I can work with. So that's kind of what prompted it. You know, that's really interesting because a lot of people that I talk to, it tends to be a huge crisis that happened in their life that tended mm-hmm. to, uh, to bring the change or cause them to start thinking about making that change. And I'm, I'm just so pleased for a chance <laughs> to hear somebody say that something positive happened that caused yeah. them to stop and think. And so in your case, I, okay, so you had, your, you had your daughter and your wife behind mm-hmm. you. Was, your, was strictly your motivation then providing a better income for your family? Or, or where was your mind mindset with respect to what you were attempting to accomplish by going out on your own and going online? You know, so it was, I think whenever she was born was the main trigger, but it was like a lot of multiple triggers. Like I, I wanted sales. She was born. We was in a mobile home at the time. I, we, I, mean, I was in the Georgia deep woods. Like we had oak trees. I thought about to fall any minute now on my house. We actually had a tree actually fall on my shoulders and crush it. So I always felt like I'm away from my family. I literally, it sounds crazy. I was like, there's literally going to be a tree. I'm going to wake up one day and be a tree slapped through the middle of my bedroom or something. Just <laughs> slapped through the room and just little things like that. And I look back just, and I go back, back to that place today. If I go back, that tree is still there. Like the idea of this thing falling and never really did. But I was just always waiting for this humongous tree. I think it's like a hundred years old. I just wait for it to fall. because it, it died years ago, like years and years ago. But I was just always waiting for it to fall in my house. Just, you know, just, just small things like that is kind of what triggered it. And also, too, I think that was the pain part of it. But the pleasure of it was I really enjoyed selling. Like, I love enjoyed selling. I love presenting. I loved making videos and being stupid sometimes, as you are very aware of. I like doing that. And it's just kind of a combination of things. I was not in a place. I like what I did. I knew if I got over on this internet thing. And I could actually sell. I'd be like a lab in a in a big old five acre pond. Like that's just that was my mindset. I wanna I wanna take a step back just for a second because you mentioned that you had read a book by Russell Brunson, and he has several books. Do you remember the specific book that you read that that really motivated you to try something online? Yeah, no, yeah. Um, so for example, it was dot com secrets. I remember it was dot com secrets, and I. Was the who introduced it was this guy named John Lee Dumas, and I followed John Lee Dumas when he first came out, and he, him, and Pat Flynn was going to be friends, and I got on his email list, and him and Pat Flynn, which Pat Flynn, he was my first podcaster that I listened to every day in my head. Like he was just a, you know, I think he's out there in San Diego, had this cool podcast, and I'd be listening to him. I'm crawling into houses, and he introduced John Lee. I get on John Lee's email list and then he started talking about Russell Brunson and Russell Brunson. It's just, he has these crazy offers. I had never heard of free book plus shipping. I never heard of that. I was like, I can do that. And then I'm just dragged into this world. And as you can see here, I got some of his stuff behind me. I've got, you know, books and backpacks and stuff. I just, I I love the guy. I love his ideas. And, kind of what prompted me. It was like, this guy introduced me to this guy, to that guy. and this. It's kind of a here. small world, isn't it? It's kind of funny. You mentioned 
uh, John Lee Dumas, GLD. He was my neighbor. Mm-hmm. We played poker down in Puerto Rico. I lived down there for a couple wow. of years, and I was always the dead money walking to that game when John was playing. <laughs> but he's got a beautiful house down there in Puerto Rico. Sits up on top of a of a hill and overlooks the entire community and the ocean. So I learned a lot from GLD also. And uh, Russell Brunson, you know, we're we're running, uh, we're eating a lot of the same dirt here. His uh, third book, his third book, Expert Secrets, was one that I actually won the affiliate. A launch contest for so i got a soft really? spot yeah so i got a soft spot for both of those guys so you basically mentioned two guys that have also i've also taken a lot from in the past but let me ask you this all right so you seem to be hit you got hit with the right mentors you're reading the right information you got the right attitude but was it instant success for you or did you have oh did you hit some potholes in the beginning uh, of course of course like yeah for sure on the second like Let's see. So I got, so I started off like, like doing like, I was, I was doing whatever to make money, like graphic design, writing blogs. I'd eventually write something for like Pat Flynn. I'd actually be published there. I'd eventually write for a social media examiner. No, no, I actually did some work for Michael Stelzner, the guy over social media examiner. I did some work there. Just kind of building my case studies, you know, but I really did not seek success until I really started leaning into what I was good at. And that was getting on sales, like getting on sales calls and just, just working, just talk with them, see what they pro- That's when really things really shifted for me when I got on the phone, which goes back to what my dad told me when I was 16 years old. I was on the back porch. I was broken, like big time broken. Uh, this was about the era of 2008, 2009, when our economy just fell out the bottom. And there was literally no jobs. I literally went to 20 doors, not, and I just felt like really bad. My dad was like, why, what's up? I was pretty broken and upset. He's like, what's wrong? And I said, dad, I don't feel like nobody wants me. Like, I just don't really feel like anybody wants to work with me. And I really want to work pretty bad. He said, well, Luke, I believe if you got into sales, you'd crush it. And that's just one thing that stuck out to me when he told me that. And he said, if you ever got into sales, you'd crush it. And then I think it was a year later, I got into pass control. I'd end up selling the biggest job there. And I still think it's pretty close to the top sales. Within a year, I was a kid. I think I was barely 19, sold the biggest job in pest control. In fact, the average job is like two to $300 at a pest control job. Mine ended up being 10 grand, which was a big deal in pest control. I mean, real big deal. But kind of going back into question, when I got back into sales, just sidestepping all this stuff, but I got into sales and was talking to people, that's when things really took off for me. All right, so when you left the bug job, and you decided mm-hmm. to go online, how much time went by that you were actually struggling until you did mm-hmm. go down the sales channel and started to see some success? How much time did that take? So bef- before I left my job, I made sure I had kind of sales down pat. But the problem was, after I quit, something happened with that niche. I'm not sure exactly what happened. You know how you get in a niche and all of a sudden, this thing isn't cool anymore? I don't know if you remember, of course you remember this, but like 2014, Everybody was teaching how to do a Facebook ad agency. I mean, how many millionaires were born teaching Facebook ad agency? And it, and it did a lot of cool stuff. And what I would do is I would buy a business in a box. Like they said, hey, go into this niche and go crush it and do this agency work. And I would do it. But I forgot to realize that they sold that same thing to 2,000 other people. So I've got literally 2,000 other competitors. I just feel... I just feel bad when someone says, hey, go help chiropractors. Go, and there's chiropractors. There's only 50,000 in America got hit by thousands of marketers. So that's kind of 
that would be kind of the you know the way it would fall out. So to answer your question, kind of think how long did it take really take? I, I I say about six months after I quit my job. That's when things picked up, and then I go through that situation. It go down and pick back up. But I don't know if this is not a business cycle. You know, it's kind of like the flying dragon. You go down a little bit, you go up a lot, down a little bit, kind of like that. But still, six months is it's not an insignificant amount of time to be laying laying foundational work until you finally see some some payoff or we're getting little payoffs along the way. What I'm trying to find out here Mm. was so many people will start something and it gets hard and then they quit or they pivot into something else. And because of that, they never get anything done. What was your mindset Mm. like during the lows of the lows of that first six months? Uh, So first of all, when I first, okay, so it was kind of like when I, when I first quit my job, I remember like being just scared to death when I quit my job. All right. And I, that panic feeling of I quit my job kind of stayed with me, even though I knew I had the ability to make it work. So the lows of it all. So let's see. Repeat that. I'm sorry. I'm no, that's sorry. okay. I say a lot of people when they get started mm-hmm. on a venture, like especially, I mean, quitting your job is, is it's pouring the gasoline on the bridge behind you and throwing the lighter mm-hmm. over your shoulder. You're not going right. back, you know, so you only have forward to go. So you have motivation, but when people hit an obstacle, the first mm-hmm. thought of their mind is, I made a mistake. I should, I should quit my dream here of creating mm-hmm. profits online. When you hit that moment, I'm assuming you hit that moment at least oh, once. Yeah. How did you get through that to be able to continue forward I, to the next moment? I, okay, no, I got you. I got you. So pretty much my mindset was, if I go back to what I was doing, and I guess pain, like if I go, like, what do I have to go back to? I guess that's what pushed me forward. Like if I go back, I got to go drive an hour to work because, I, you know, in, in Georgia, there's way more small towns than big towns. So if you're in a small town, you have to drive 30 minutes to an hour. So what, what, what pushed me was that, do I go back to that? Do I go back to doing what I was doing? Or can I push forward? Like, what do, what do I see myself enjoying more? And I always come to the fact, like, I'm going to enjoy this more, even if it takes a little while to make it work. So I think the fact that I had done all the wrong things first and there's nothing left but to go forward because I really did have the shiny object syndrome when I first started. And that's kind of what killed my success for a little bit. When I very, very first started, probably took me about a year or two to really get on pace when I very first started. But after I did all the things, I realized how much I hated it. I just realized this is the thing I love and I have nowhere to go back to. So when I quit my job, that's when I burned the bridge. And I'm not recommending people quit their job unless they know, they know, they know. But I just really loved what I did. I knew I wanted to get in sales, and I know this is where I wanted to be at. I love that story. Some people, they do purposefully burn that bridge behind them, and other people, it just gets hit by a missile, and they just don't have a bridge uh-huh. behind them. And there, it's, it's two different reasons, but you're in the exact same situation. I got to ask you have, you, have you ever read a book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins? I've heard of David Goggins, but I did not. I have not read that book, no. It's so funny because I'm, I'm seeing a lot of parallels in your stories. He was an ex- a commercial exterminator also, but he was a 350-pound black man. That's pretty much where the resemblance ends. But, you know, he wanted to be, he wanted to become, his thing was, I want to become a Navy SEAL. So here he is exterminating bugs, wants to be a Navy SEAL. He's 350 pounds, and they gave him a three-week window to lose like a hundred and 80 pounds or something. It was crazy, but he did it. But the bottom line is the mindset that I'm hearing and a little bit of your journey, it's a lot like David Goggins. So it reminded me of that book. If, if you haven't read it, I would 
suggest yeah. you read it and everybody listening. That is an amazing book. So, it's very so, extreme. That's so what crazy. would you say, you've been doing this for a while now, what would you say that the, the most important lesson is that you've learned since you've been in business online? I mean, this is, so I would say the biggest thing I've learned is to find something you like, figure out what is your, what is your strong suit? Like, what is the thing that you love the most that people want to pay for and go in all, all in that. And if you don't believe in it, don't do it. That that's investment advice. That's business advice. Like some people, like for example, getting crypto, but they really don't believe in it. They just do it because all these stories coming up. They're kind of regretting it right now. And I'm not anti-crypto, by the way. But if you really don't believe in it in times like this, you'll pull out. And this is where the money's made. When everyone scatters, that's when you stay strong. This is where the money's really made. So I would say, like, figure out who you are. Like, figure out what is the thing. Because if you figure out what that is, you're going to have the advantage over the competitor. Because one thing, too, one thing that always knocked me back was I would buy a business in a box. I had 2,000 competitors. We all did the same thing. We watched each other out. We have to go into a new thing. And there's no way of doing a long-term business that way. So I'd say find something that you really, really, really love that you see yourself doing for a very long time and just be the best at it. I mean, be the Tyson in your arena. You know, be the guy who's just, you wouldn't see yourself doing anything else but this. That would be the first thing I suggest. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then second, I would say get into an arena where if you see a competitor, like if you see if you see a competitor crushing it, but you see so many flaws in what he's doing. Like for example, when MySpace came out, it was worth a billion dollar valuation when Facebook was a baby. But Facebook felt like they could do it better. So if you have something you really love, and there's a competitor in that arena, and you see so many flaws and things that you could do and give the people what they want, to me that's a wide open, a wide op- a wide open situation. Take over and build them out. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree anymore with that. That's why you got the cheer. All right. So let me ask you this. Um, and I'm not asking you to give away anything proprietary or whatever. But, you know, we hear about this social stacking that you talked about. And obviously, you're very successful with the people that come to work, you know, with you to learn from you. What exactly is it that uh, what what's the big promise you're making to these people? What is it they're going to learn and accomplish? So with social proof stacking, this is what I offer to coaches and I offer it to people who want to get into sales because sales doesn't have a ceiling. It's a crazy opportunity even now. Social proof stacking simply means creating wins and talking about wins. And it's something that I, it's something that your marketers do, even past presidents have done, where they simply talk about, they talk about the wins they're going to do. And then if they were to have to salt, they actually do it. And then they talk about what they did. And it's, it, it's, it's like a game to me in a sense, because when you think about, okay, here's all the cool stuff that I want to go achieve, like a bucket list. Like I want to, you know, crush my first seven figures. That's, a, that's something to talk about. I want to win awards. I want to be on billboards. I want to write a book. I want my first client to make a, you know, 100 grand. Or, the, or maybe you're not into the money niche. You're into the weight loss. Like I want to hit, hit 185, be 9% body fat, whatever. Like having those wins you write down, crush it, record the journey, and then make a big deal when you hit your goal. That to me is social proof stacking. And the way you turn that into money is by putting that in front of people who actually care and want to pay for it. So if you're a virtual closer, like you're someone who wants to get in sales, go close your first deal. Talk about it. Talk about how many apps you're taking a day. Talk about your close rates and just really just kind of show off and not in a braggy, 
like a, in a weird way, but do it in a way that just shows people like this guy knows what he's doing. I call this social proof stacking. And the more proof you stack, the more people want to pay you, the, uh, the, 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 the faster you'll, you'll convert people, I believe. And you can turn all that into marketing and all that. So that's social proof stacking. And answer the last question, what are we promising people? To the virtual closers, that we help them get virtual closing jobs. To the coaches, that you get appointments and close deals at better prices when it comes to cost per acquisition. Yeah, you know, I, it's no secret. I was a, a client of yours. And what's interesting was when I first became aware of you and your services, I realized that even though I, I've made generated over $100 million in revenue over the mm-hmm. last 20 years, I had very little social proof because, as I like to say, I'm just not very sociable. <laughs> and not to mention, I'm an old guy. So like getting on the social things is just, it's a little painful for me. But all I did was exactly what you told me to do. And once I started to stack those social wins, I saw immediate, I mean, within a day, <laughs> results coming from the social stacking. And it's because of, of you, Luke, that I was even adventurous enough to get onto TikTok, and I'll be 60 uh, next month. And I was here's a 60-year-old getting on TikTok and Instagram and making these little videos that you never would have caught me making before right. I met you. So, so Luke really opened up a whole new world for me of marketing. And I'm not going to I'm not going to go so far for me as to say that it's actually fun <laughs> making, <laughs> making the TikTok videos. What's really fun, though, is when people see that kind of social proof in the way it's been stacked and, and they just start reaching out and saying, well, how can I do that? How can I accomplish these things? And so pure genius what you've done, and I don't really see anybody else doing it. So kudos on that for sure. It, man. Now let's talk just for a minute about one of these uh, hot points that I, I end up getting into arguments all the time with other people about, and it has to do with work-life balance. In your mind, when you hear the word, or, or if someone asks you, well, it seems like you work a lot, do you have any balance in your life? Uh, how do you respond to that? And what, kind, and what do you think about work-life balance and what it means and what it looks like in your life? You know, so I think it's person to person, what it looks like for me, though, I'm taking off one day a week. That's just automatically going to happen. And also, too, on that, I'm taking off one day a week. I'm going to spend time with the kids every single day, which I spend time th- with them throughout the day and the wife. Besides that, I guess I, I guess because I love what I do so much, it's not like I'm having to take a break from what I do. Usually I'm having to take a break from break. Like, I guess, I, and I get it, and I get it from my, my, my dad and my grandpa. Cause my grandpa's still alive and he just loves what he does. Right. He, he you know, grandma, she wants to take vacations, you know, but he's kind of like ready to get back. And that's just kind of how I am. Cause I just enjoy what I do so much. So uh, work life balance, I guess if you love what you do, you're not going to have to get away from it. But for the family's sake, I would, because you could talk business all day. I know. And I get told that sometimes like, okay, we for business so much. Now we're up to our ears about business. And I, and they let me know. And my little girl, she still lets me know, Hey, daddy, I don't want to talk about this. I'm talking about something else. Okay. What do you want to talk about? So they let me know. And, and I'm, and I'm grateful for that because I think that's what family's for because we can be, we can't, you know, we, we can be over in one area and there's other parts of life than money. And I get that. But when you love it, it's just so hard sometimes. But the family, that, they'll help you stay balanced it, to stay together. They, they will let you know. So you'd say then your wife is super supportive and understanding. And maybe not so much because uh, a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs that are just getting started, 
it's kind of like they say they say to their wife, okay, I just need to work really, really hard. I need you to leave me alone for like a year <laughs> so I can get this thing done. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, the wife's standing by the door with her, you know, tapping her, her foot <laughs> with her arms crossed. And he's like, I need six more months. And, you know, what kind of advice would you give that guy in that kind of a situation? Man, that is so huge. That one, what you're saying right there is probably the biggest, like the biggest thing these guys would. And, and on the other side as well. Like I said, you know, if, if she's trying to build something and he don't understand, vice versa. But what I have seen is that that's where I was. I was blessed enough to where I was. A, my first sale was her. I had to sell her on why I had to do this. And believe me, I was working nine ten, 10 o'clock at night. I get off work. I go straight into that. And she was understanding. Like, well, first she was like, why are you doing this? And I had to sell her. I said, hey, if you believe in me, I will get us out of this trailer. You believe in me. I will make this work. I sold her on that. I sold her on that idea. The moment she let go, I was out of there. We was out of there. So I do. And so ever since then, I have gained her trust. And now I get to a place and how some, you know, you get this on sales calls. Well, let me talk to the wife first and see if she gives me permission to do this. And that may be the house rules. And I'm not against that. But I will say sometimes he believes in something and she doesn't. And now he's got to sell her as well. So I have to say, like, there's no right or wrong answer to that. But for the man who has her already sold on him, that's going to be his biggest sale. That's going to be his biggest hurdle. And if he can sell her on him and never let her down, he's got this. That's the biggest support he needs. That's the biggest sell of his life. After that, that's half the battle right there. Yeah, truer words have never been spoken. When you get that significant other actually behind you. What's that saying behind every successful man is like a woman pushing him along or something like that? Yeah, Or at least not standing in his way, right? Exactly. (laughs) All right. So two two more questions and then we're going to wrap this up. What's one question that you wish I had asked you and how would you have answered it? That's a good question, man. I don't know. I'm going to think so. That is a deep question. I would say, I guess where, where do I think the coaching business is going? That's the only thing I can really think of because you've asked a lot of great questions. That's the only thing I got. And how would you answer that question? I would say where I feel like the coaching business is going because this is, I love this industry. I love it a lot because there have been business, there's been like, you've got colleges that charge 50 to 100 grand to get in to learn from a professor who's never done it. So I really, I think we're going, you know, it's the medieval days where you learn from the master and then combine it with the internet. I absolutely love it. But things have changed. When you've got Big Blue, Facebook making the changes they've made, a lot of people are not having the success they was having getting clients. And and also, too, the way people look at information and how they buy um, courses. Now, the questions I hear is, is this a course? If it's a course, I don't want nothing to do with it. They want something more than that. So to the guy or the gal who is selling coaching, I feel like you got to offer something more than just training on courses. Obviously, you want to focus on the transformation. But... Really, really, really focus on that offer. Really focus on what separates you from the other 10,000 people and their grandma doing what you're talking about. And the way you're going to stand apart from them is by having a crazy, crazy offer that that hooks up to a result they've always wanted and they believe you're the only one that can do it. And stay innovative on your traffic. Really get good at you know focusing on what the best cold traffic is right now. And once they enter your world, don't ever let them leave. Retarget them message them, be in front of them, and eventually they will buy. Yeah, That's I don't, what I would say. I don't think Russell Brunson could have given a better answer than that. That's a great answer. 
And along those Thanks, lines, man. what I'm trying to do is develop a better community solution because Facebook groups, are, in my opinion, are just terrible for having the kind of community that you need. And to your point, to keep them in your ecosystem, so, so to speak. Yes. So when people can go into a separate program that maybe contains the training, contains group chats, contains all of the community, and there's self-leaders will emerge, and maybe there's some gamification. I think that's so, so much of a better solution than just a course. I, I lied. I'm going to ask you sure. two more questions. All right. Good. So are you currently, and, and what are your thoughts on this? Because I spend like, gosh, and I'm not joking here. It's got to be roughly six figures a year on additional training, consultants, masterminds, things like that. Do you do the same thing or do you think you're, you're done with, with learning? No, never. Always, always learning. Always. I'll buy from a 20 year old man. Like I'm always looking for fresh ideas. I'm always looking for someone that can see something. Cause what I've seen is that a coach or a, a, you know, a public figure has this great idea. He runs for four years and then he burns out of fresh ideas. But then you always have that one more guy who builds off of that. He's fresh. He's coming to the market. He has ideas that's really working well. So I, you know, no, every, I'm like you, I'm really like you on that. I'm buying it up because I I just want to make sure I stay on top and make sure I'm innovative. And then I'm coming with fresh ideas because if you're not careful, you can become irrelevant so fast, very fast. No kidding. Well said. All right. So final question. Where where can our listeners find you online if they're interested in learning more about the social stacking or working with you? Uh, how can they do that? So a few places you got the Luke Guy Show on the podcast. You can add me on social media, Luke Guy Martin. I'm probably holding a lightsaber in my hand. Luke, your father, I hear it all the time, so I just had to go with it. And then also TikTok, Luke Guy as well. Yeah, that's the best places to find me and reach out. Be glad to have a chat so we can help you out. That's you know that's kind of funny because I've seen that. Uh, lightsaber picture a hundred times and not one time did i ever connect it with darth vader all right luke well it's been our privilege having you on today thank you for spending this time with us now go go love on your others and we're going to call it a wrap just remember guys do something every single day to move yourself towards your goals until next time this has been the create profits online podcast i'm your host todd snively take care luke